Hello, my name is Simon Skinner and I'm a tax partner at Trevor Smith. And I'm Joseph Sheldrick, a senior associate in the tax team. In today's podcast, which we're recording in early August 2022 and so reflects the position at that time, we're going to discuss the UK government's corporate redomiciliation proposal, which was first announced in August 2021 and which we're expecting may come into force as early as next year. The proposal is for the introduction of new corporate redomiciliation rules, which would permit non-UK incorporated companies to shift or redomicile their place of incorporation to the UK while still maintaining the same legal entity. This movement in place of incorporation is what we mean when we use the term redomiciliation, which is also sometimes called migration. Thanks, Simon. So having initially put forward the proposal last year, the UK government expanded somewhat on that in a consultation process that closed earlier this year. And the government also published a summary of the responses it received to that consultation in April. We haven't heard anything further since then, and it is worth noting that there were no announcements or updates by the government last month on L Day, which calls into question whether there will be enough time for the new regime to be finalised in time to come into force in 2023. But the consultation response from DOC is clear that the government intends to introduce this new redomiciliation regime. So watch this space for updates over the coming months. In this podcast, we will provide an overview of the existing UK rules, what the proposed changes will look like, and consider some of the tax issues that still need to be bottomed out. There are, of course, other non-tax related issues to consider too, but we are focusing mainly on the tax aspects in this podcast. Just starting with the current position, corporate redomiciliation is not currently possible under English law, and the same is true for many countries around the world. Instead, companies and corporate groups have usually got by with moving their tax resident. Joe, what does that involve? In some cases, it is currently possible to migrate the tax residents of a non-UK company to the UK by moving the place of its Central Management and Control, or CMC, to the UK. A company incorporated outside the UK becomes UK tax resident by virtue of having its CMC in the UK. This would mean that the company is treated as a UK taxpayer, and this may be enough for a lot of the company's objectives. However, the company's place of incorporation would be unaffected by the change of CMC, and so the company would still need to comply with local corporate and other law, which may not be desirable. But are there any fixes for this problem, Simon? Well, an incorporated business looking to fully migrate to the UK would need to take more complex action, such as transferring its assets to a newly incorporated UK company or putting a new UK company on top of the group as a new parent. Such an approach will often give rise to administrative, regulatory and tax issues and associated cost implications. The consultation seeks to address this complexity and considers that a corporate redomiciliation proposal will increase the attractiveness and availability of the UK as a destination to locate a business and in which to invest, including by bringing increased investment and skilled jobs to the UK. The consultation also notes that this issue has been addressed by other countries recently, with the result that around 50 jurisdictions including a number of common law ones, such as Canada, Australia and New Zealand, now permit redomiciliation. 
So the implication is that the government thinks the UK has missed a trick and is looking to put that right. This proposal would also appear to go hand in hand with the new asset holding company regime, which came into force in April this year. Each is designed to facilitate and promote the UK as a jurisdiction in which to locate companies. But it is worth noting that the two regimes do not seem to directly interact with each other. In particular, the quack regime, qualifying asset holding company regime, can apply to non-UK incorporated companies if they are UK tax resident. And so a migration of CMC of a non-UK company to the UK under existing rules would be sufficient to enable that company to qualify for the quack regime. So Simon, what exactly are the UK government proposing for this new redomiciliation regime? At this stage, we don't have a lot of detail, but we can make some educated guesses based on what was in the consultation document published in the autumn. In a nutshell, the new rules would permit a non-UK incorporated company that meets the eligibility criteria to move its place of incorporation to the UK while still maintaining the same legal entity. One of the eligibility criteria is that the departing jurisdiction permits the company to leave its existing place of incorporation. That makes sense because the departing jurisdiction will want to make sure that the company has complied with all applicable legal obligations in that jurisdiction before it departs, and it avoids the risk that two jurisdictions both see the company as domiciled in their jurisdiction. The details of the other eligibility criteria are still TBC, but the consultation document sets out a list of possibilities. It's recognised that there's a balance here between having robust and proportionate requirements and ensuring clarity and simplicity. I'll now briefly run through the other eligibility criteria based on what we know so far from the consultation document. The first relates to corporate form. We expect the regime to be open to most types of body corporates, but it remains to be seen how the regime will apply to entities such as LLPs, limited liability partnerships, and types of entities that do not exist in the UK. The regime may be limited to non-UK entities which have a similar legal form to UK entities. There are also requirements related to directors. The directors need to be appropriate and satisfy any current UK requirements, and they're required to have good standing, i.e. eligible to act as a director and not having any pending court cases. On this, the consultation document also indicates that the persons of significant control or PSCs will be required to undergo an identity verification process as part of new rules which are expected to apply more generally in relation to UK companies. And that feeds into the next eligibility criteria, which is good faith. The government has to be satisfied that the redomiciliation is taking place for good faith purposes, which includes being satisfied that there is no national security risk and that the redomiciliation is not contrary to public interest. The next criteria is reporting evidence, and this is in the form of the latest audited accounts, which is required. The suggestion here is that companies may be required to have completed an accounting period and prepared accounts for that accounting period before they can redomicile. However, there were mixed responses to this suggestion in the CONDOC, and it remains to be seen whether or not this will be a feature of the rules when they are introduced. The next eligibility criteria is, is solvency, relates to solvency. 
the company is required to be solvent um, in order to to migrate to the UK, and this is expected to be satisfied by a sworn statement from the directors. Next, the company has to prepare an impact report, which explains the legal and economic impacts of the redomiciliation. And finally, there will be a registration fee payable. But importantly, there does not appear to be any turnover or economic substance requirement. Respondents to the consultation were generally opposed to any such requirement, so we're not expecting that this will be added to the list of criteria. These criteria all seem to assume that the redomiciliation will be a non-UK company moving to the UK. But will you also be able to move a UK incorporated company out of the UK? It's a good question and it has not yet been confirmed. Based on the responses to the consultation, it seems likely that this will be the case. Most other countries who have redomiciliation rules do allow outward as well as inward redomiciliations. And this may arguably increase the attractiveness of redomiciling into the UK because businesses will know that they retain the flexibility to move back out of the UK in the future if circumstances require. If outward redomiciliation is permitted, then we would expect that there will be a separate set of eligibility criteria that need to be met before a company can leave the UK. We'll now briefly discuss some of the key tax related issues raised in the consultation document, including where there are unanswered questions. A UK incorporated company is automatically UK tax resident unless treated as resident in another jurisdiction and a double tax treaty tiebreaker clause applies. But will the same be true for a company which is redomiciled to the UK? Our expectation here is that a UK redomiciled company should be treated in the same way as a UK incorporated company, i.e. automatically UK tax resident for UK tax purposes, without any need to consider whether the central management and control is in the UK or out of the UK. Some responses to the consultation did suggest that UK tax residency should only occur if the company's central management of control, CMC, also moves to the UK. But this would lead to inconsistent treatment between UK incorporated companies and UK redomiciled companies. And so we don't expect the final rules to go down that route. The consultation doc also discusses the impact on loss importation. Simon, what's the issue here? Well, by loss importation, we mean where non-UK resident and incorporated companies have built up tax losses in the past and then moved to the UK, either moving their domicile or their tax residence to the UK. Should they be able, after they move to the UK, to set foreign losses against the UK profits they then generate or against profits of other group companies under the UK's group? This is a risk that already exists in the context of moving tax residents, and there are already provisions that operate to prevent these practices. But the UK government appears to be concerned that a new redomiciliation rule could increase the risk. Yes, it's interesting. The general view in the responses to the consultation was that no new rules were needed here, and that the same rules should apply to redomiciled companies as apply more generally to companies that become UK tax resident. From this, I think we can assume that there are unlikely to be any additional rules for redomiciled companies. The consultation also asked the question as to what the position should be for assets held by the company moving to the UK. 
and in particular whether there should be a rebasing of assets to market value at the time of the redomiciliation to the UK as there can be currently in certain circumstances where a company moves residents from EU countries. Applying the current rules to a change of residence that occurs on a redomiciliation and extending those current rules to non-EU countries sounds logical and the responses to the consultation were consistent on this approach but we think it's likely that there will only be a base cost uplift where there has been an exit charge in the departing jurisdiction so that the company will have been treated as disposing of the asset in that jurisdiction and so there is tax symmetry. Another tricky area is how the redomiciled company should be treated for stamp duty purposes. What's the discussion here, Joe? Well, we think it makes sense, not least from a consistency perspective, that UK redomiciled companies should be treated in the same way as UK incorporated companies. So a company that moves to the UK would be treated in the same way for stamp duty purposes as if it had been incorporated here. And equally, a company that redomiciles out of the UK should then be treated for stamp duty purposes as a non-UK incorporated company. Some of the respondents to the consultation suggested that having UK redomiciled companies subject to stamp duty may make the regime less attractive, but it seems difficult to justify a difference in stamp duty treatment between a UK incorporated company and a UK redomiciled company. One particular concern the government have identified is that a UK company might redomicile out of the UK to avoid UK stamp duty, in particular before a large corporate event. In light of this concern, it seems likely that some form of anti-avoidance rule will be included to prevent such abuse, perhaps with stamp duty remaining applicable for a period of time following a company moving its domicile out of the UK. More generally, we will need to wait to see how the draft legislation deals with stamp duty. And there is also a separate consultation on the possible modernisation and reform of the UK stamp duty rules. So these rules may need to interact with any changes coming from that consultation. One final tax aspect to flag is that we're waiting to see what the draft legislation will say in relation to the impact on the personal tax liabilities of individuals who hold shares in the redomiciling company, particularly in respect of the impact on the rules for the situs of assets for non-doms and inheritance tax purposes. It may be the case that special rules will be included to mitigate the adverse personal tax consequences for these individuals as a result of a company redomiciling. Thanks, Joe. So who do we think the new regime will be most relevant to? No, it's a good question. The responses to the consultation suggest that there may be a wide variety of different types of company and different sectors to which the new regime might appeal. Holding companies were flagged as a, a particular type of company where the ability to redomicile to the UK could be used. Other reasons might include gaining access to the London Stock Exchange and other UK-based sources of investment, uh, improving access to UK government contracts or subsidies, or aligning a company's domicile with its tax residency and or the place of most commercial significance. In many cases, the driver might be less about the UK and more the desire to fully move the company out of its existing jurisdiction of domicile. One area where the proposal may be particularly of interest is purchases of companies that are incorporated and tax resident outside the UK 
and hold UK real estate, where those purchasers might prefer the target company to be in the UK post-acquisition, whether for ease of administration, regulatory reasons or otherwise. Following tax reforms in 2019 and 2020, non-resident corporate landlords are now within the charge to UK corporation tax. And so, to all intents and purposes, in the same UK tax position as UK resident companies. So the tax benefits of retaining a non-UK incorporated and resident company are limited, aside from the potential stamp duty saving on a future disposal of the shares in the target. So overall, this is an interesting and for the UK fairly radical proposal, and it'd be interesting to see how and when it is implemented. As mentioned earlier, this did not feature in the measures announced on L-Day last month, and so it may be more likely to come in from 2024 rather than 2023. If it is introduced, it will then be interesting to see the circumstances and the extent to which the regime is utilised. We think if some of the issues we've been discussing are approached in a pragmatic way by the UK government and the rules are kept simple, then this could be a useful further tool to encourage companies to move to the UK. If you have any questions on this, please do get in touch with your usual Travis Smith contact.